0: biblical perspective we are part of the christian podcast community and you can find all those podcasts at christianpodcastcommunity.org my name is Darrell, and i believe in god the father almighty maker of heaven and earth and in jesus christ his only son our lord who was conceived by the holy ghost born of the virgin mary suffered under pontius pilate was crucified dead and buried he descended into hell the third day he rose again from the dead he ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father almighty from thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead i believe in the holy ghost the holy catholic church the communion of saints the forgiveness of sins the resurrection of the body and life everlasting amen that ladies and gentlemen brothers and sisters in christ is the apostles creed now I love the Apostles' Creed. I love the Nicene Creed. I think it's important that churches profess these creeds. Many Christians that you may run into these days will say they don't have a creed. They don't recite the creeds in their church. They don't talk about the creeds and, and our common faith. But I believe it's important. I believe it's important for a church to be creedal. I believe it's important... For Christians to know what these historic creeds say, what they confess, because the truth of what we believe as Christians is contained in these creeds. Now, I'm not saying these creeds are um, inspired the way the Bible is, not inspired by God, not inspired at all, but what happened was these creeds were put together to help teach what the Bible teaches, the same as confessions of faith. And we'll do an episode on that, on the Westminster Confession, on uh, the Heidel, uh, Heidelberg Confession. Not that 1689 one, though. No, maybe we will. We'll hit a little bit of that, the uh, especially since they copied it from the Westminster. But anyway, I want to talk about the Apostles' Creed today. And what when I first became a Christian, I was coming out of basically. Years of not going to any church. But I went to a Roman Catholic church growing up. That is where I grew up going. And at the Roman Catholic church, we would recite a creed. I can't remember. I think for a while it was the Apostles' Creed and it switched to the Nicene Creed. Or it was the Nicene and it switched to the Apostles. I forget, but I do know I was familiar with these creeds. And then when I came to the Lord, I went to a more charismatic uh, But, yeah, it was a charismatic, more contemporary church that would have a few worship songs with the worship team. And we met in a movie theater, and the lights were all like a show. And at the time, I didn't think anything of it. I actually thought it was cool. And it, I guess, did its purpose, and it attracted me to that church. But we didn't recite any of these creeds. We didn't say the Lord's Prayer. Or any of that kind of stuff that I was used to in the Roman Catholic Church. And maybe that's what attracted me to that church. So, if maybe when I went to a church for the first time being a Christian, if I heard the Apostles' Creed being said there, I don't know if that would have turned me away or drew me closer. But I would say this. I think if that happened and I asked a person that was there and they were able to explain to me why they say the creed, That would have not turned me away. Because why do we say the Apostles' Creed in our church? And sometimes we do say the Nicene Creed. Right before it is said, our pastor says, Christian, what do you believe? And then we say this together. As a body of Christ, we recite the Apostles' Creed or the Nicene Creed. About once a month we do the Nicene Creed, which says similar things. But... But why is it important? Because we need to know what we believe as Christians. So these creeds were put together to explain what we believe. I believe, and I'm going to just go through this briefly. I'm not going to give you details. If you want a more detailed, you know, line by line of the Apostles' Creed, check out the Heidelcast with Dr. R. Scott Clark. He's been going through this series on the Apostles' Creed for a while now. So, you go there and um, backdate to those episodes to start. I'll put a link in the show notes, hopefully, to it. But I would definitely suggest checking out the Heidelcast for all that information if you want more details. So, I'm just going to briefly go through this. Why is it important that we say this as Christians, as bodies of Christ? It starts out I believe in God the Father Almighty. So, we believe in God the Father Almighty. Who is God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in his Son, Jesus Christ, in his only Son, our Lord. And there's more details in the Nicene Creed about that relationship there. Who was conceived by the Holy Ghost. all right? So, that's, so far, everything's biblical, right? Conceived by the Holy Ghost, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. So all about Christ, all about Jesus, who he is. The Son of God the Father, Jesus Christ, His only Son, and He is our Lord. And how did He become, how did He take on flesh? He was conceived by the Holy Ghost, and He was born of the Virgin Mary. And that's something right now, this time of year, many people are thinking about, His being conceived by the Holy Ghost and being born of the Virgin Mary. And then he suffered under Pontius Pilate. So this is his crucifixion. So we have his birth, his conception, his birth. And we have his passion. He suffered under Pontius Pilate. He was crucified. He was dead. And he was buried. And this is a controversial statement here. He descended into hell. And there's different ways theologians have explained this statement here. He basically he suffered hell on the cross. This is what the Heidelberg or the Belgic Confession, I believe, explains the Heidelberg Catechism as well. He suffered the pains of hell for us on the cross, right? Because we are to suffer hell. But Jesus took that hell for us on the cross. Some say he actually went to the place of hell. There's different theories on that. Again, I'm not going to get into it. Dr. Clark actually explains it very well on his Heidelcast episode on this section of the Creed. The third day he rose again from the dead. Right? This is what we believe as Christians. He rose again. He is not dead. He is risen. And where has he gone? He ascended into heaven. That's where he is now. With, still, He still has a body and he ascended into heaven. Fully God and fully man. Ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. He sits at God's right hand. He sits at God the Father's right hand. He is seated. His work is finished. He's been given a throne. He's been given all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus says in Matthew 28. And he's sitting on the throne and he is ruling and reigning now as the King of kings and Lord of lords. But he's not going to stay there, right? The creed goes on and continues. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I like that old language, there, the quick and the dead. Basically, the living and the dead. He shall come to judge the living and the dead. The quick and the dead. It's not just a bad western starring Leonardo DiCaprio, the quick and the dead. But this is serious stuff here. He's going to come again. I don't believe secretly it's going to be visible. You're going to see him. He's going to come again to judge the quick, the living, and the dead. What else do we believe as Christians? I believe in the Holy Ghost. So we believe in the Father, God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. Often referred to now as the Holy Spirit. So we believe in a Trinity. Three persons of the Trinity, one God. Same in substance or essence, one God equal in power and glory. What else do we believe? In the Holy Catholic Church. This one too. If, if you're not sure, as a new believer that came out of Catholicism, and you always said this in the, in the Roman Catholic Church, that we believe in the Holy Catholic Church, you might read this and think, wait a minute, no, no, we don't believe that anymore. We're Protestants. We don't believe in the Holy Catholic Church. But it doesn't say Holy Roman Catholic Church. Catholic is a word for universal. So we believe as Christians in the universal church, the universal body of believers that we are one church united in the gospel of Christ. We are united in Christ. One church. One holy set apart Catholic universal church. People of God called out ones. Assembly and we will assemble all as a holy Catholic church one day in heaven, in the new heavens, in the new earth, when Jesus comes again to judge the quick and the dead. We believe in the communion of saints. This is important, the communion of saints. We must commune with other Christians, other believers. This typically should happen on the Lord's Day, when you are called out to worship together the holy, living, and true God. Father, Son, and Holy Ghost who has redeemed us. We go and we gather and we commune, the communion of saints. What else do we believe? We believe in the forgiveness of sins. Jesus died to forgive our sins. He became sin who knew no sin so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. We are forgiven. Our sins are forgiven. Christian, If you have trusted in Christ, you believe in the forgiveness of sins because he has forgiven your sins, taking hell for you on the cross. It's all right here in the Creed. It's just a summary, it's a beautiful summary that we can say together as a church. We believe in the forgiveness of sins. What else do we believe? We believe in the resurrection of the body. Jesus' body was resurrected. He rose again from the dead. Christian, you and I, we will rise from the dead. Not like some zombie, not like some horror show, but we will rise with glorified bodies. Perfect. I don't know exactly what that'll look like, but we believe we will rise from the dead. We will, our bodies will resurrect. We believe the resurrection of the body. What else do we believe? And it ends with life everlasting, everlasting life. If you have trusted in Christ, you have everlasting life. Isn't this beautiful, this summary? And this isn't an exhaustive list of what we believe as Christians, but it's what orthodoxy teaches, it's what the Bible teaches. If we, I believe, go wrong on any of these historic beliefs of the Christian faith, it's very dangerous You or I believe outside of the Christian faith. If you don't believe in in, uh, let's just pick one. Born of the Virgin Mary. If we don't believe God was born of a virgin, then there's a whole lot of rails we get off there, because God or Jesus, the Son, had to be sinless. He couldn't be born in the line of Adam with sin. He didn't have original sin. So we had to have virgin birth. So we believe in the virgin birth. So you can pick any other one. Let's just do one more. That would, would, if not believed, would take us out of orthodoxy, of true belief as Christians, what we can confess. If we don't believe in the forgiveness of sins, that our sins are forgiven. How are we Christians? If we don't believe now that our sins are forgiven, then how are we Christians? If we have to do something in order for our sins to be forgiven, how are we Christians? Now, I know it doesn't detail that right here. And yes, I will admit this too. Roman Catholics say this as well. They may still say the Apostles' Creed. They may still endorse the Nicene Creed. So there's similarities there. So this isn't, like I said, an exhaustive list. But if you err on any of these, you're very dangerously coming out of alignment with Christian, historic Christian, orthodoxy, right belief. And what's the opposite of orthodoxy would be usually heresy. So a false teaching, a teaching that's not in line with what the Bible teaches. Again, if any of these aren't what the Bible teaches, then this creed is wrong. And I'm fine with that. But I believe that this creed is a summary of some of the points of what the Bible teaches. And it's important that we have creeds. It's important to confess these as a church together. But it's also important because it keeps us within the bounds of what the Scripture teaches. You know, very smart men have shed numerous time, numerous time coming together to write these historic creeds and confessions. Now, hopefully we'll get into some of the confession of of faith. The Westminster probably is where I would start because that's what my church believes, the Westminster Confession of Faith, uh, and what I hold to. Again, with that, and I'll just briefly say, a confession of faith, Every, every church should have some sort of confession. If your church doesn't, Adhere to the either the uh, Westminster, the Belgic, or let's say the 1689. I'm sure you have a statement of faith somewhere. should be on your website if you have a church website or a link to what your church believes. So that's your confession of what you believe as a church. Again, it's not authoritative like the Bible is, but usually it's taken and it'll have scriptural proof text. This is why we believe this. This is why we believe this. But it helps people see and your members see what you confess as a church. And the Westminster and the divines that, that took numerous hours and days and time to say, okay, what does the Bible teach? Let's summarize this to help people see what we believe. And that's what creeds are. And usually creeds come up because orthodoxy is being challenged so something's being challenged in the church there's something that doesn't seem right that's being taught some kind of possible heresy so you come together and you say okay what does the bible teach and you summarize it and say okay this is what it teaches this is what we believe this is where the orthodoxy is the right teaching and you continue and you go from there so that's why we have creeds we have confessions they're important they will help so much in what and help you grow as a Christian and just reciting them it's a beautiful thing i love that part love the part of church where pastor says christian what do you believe and we recite it together as a church as a family as those redeemed called out of the world what we believe so i'm going to say it all together again and then i'll let you be about your day christian I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. So until next time, I encourage you to check out all of the podcasts in the Christian Podcast Community. Go to christianpodcastcommunity.org. I also recommend the Heidelcast, the series that he's doing on the um, the Apostles' Creed. Definitely more detailed than what I just gave you. Dr. R. Scott Clark is a very intelligent man who has spent countless hours studying the scriptures and teaching for numerous years at Westminster, California. So I definitely suggest his podcast and his blog, the Heidel blog. And that's it. So until next time, I pray you continue to seek the kingdom of God and find out what you're even doing here. Grace and peace. Drive safe.